Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to the show on a Big Red Monday out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. Cliff Kingsbury will join us in about two hours, 145, so actually exactly two hours, Wolf. But joining us right now is your friend and mine, Doom. Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter, kind enough to come all the way in here and do this uh, segment. So I would assume everybody will be nice to each other. Paul, well, how are you doing? The red phone rang and uh, Maloney said that Wolf was giving us game review on a Suns game from <laughs> mid-October. So I had to jump in and uh, here we go. Here we go. We'll see if we're friends by the end of this segment there, Luke. We'll see. Well, Polly, did you bring your media guide, Polly, so you can actually <laughs> read out of that thing to us? That'd it's be cool. great. Just okay. because I'm loading everything into the prompter right now for the Cliff Kingsbury TV show that you'll be reading. Off of. You know what? Maybe I'll just hit delete for your part. I like that, Bolly. Just you change it like Ron Burgundy. Right. Just put like a question mark. Exactly. At the end. Yeah, you yeah. come up with some of these questions. You know, I can tell Paul Lance. You know, there's Paul there, there's a reason he's getting bagged on by the head coach on a All weekly right. basis All now. Right. Stop. So it. somebody's got to start writing it for him. Yeah, we're going to have to ask Cliff yeah. about that, too. Um, all right, Paulie, how's. Uh, what, now that we've had a few days, just starting to react to what we saw from DeAndre Hopkins and this offense. Far from a finished product but at least a step in the right direction. As we've been talking about all morning, it's not like the NFC looks like it's anything amazing right now. So what, what do you think of this uh, offense going forward? Think about it. A year ago, the Cardinals went 4-0 against the NFC least, and now they're back to being the NFC beast, and they basically have all the winning teams other than Minnesota and then Seattle with that 4-3 and record. Uh, but And Minnesota, you know, we'll get into that the rest of the week. But as for this Cardinals team, <laughs> Wolf obviously knows the key to last week was the players-only meeting orchestrated by DeAndre Hopkins. I when say, did well, that allegedly take place, We've got to get into this and I, figure I out exactly when this happened. I can tell you this much, that after the Philadelphia loss at home, Buda Baker had something to say in that post-game locker room. And it was very emotional. It was very passionate. I don't know exactly what he said, but a lot of guys cited it after this home win, that it was time to end that home losing streak, that it was past the point of embarrassing and vexing and everything else you want to use. And so a lot of guys fed off that. And then DeAndre Hopkins shows up and he orchestrated the players only meeting. And according to what he told Amazon Prime, he made sure Kyler was the first to speak. He thought that was important. And other guys had things to say. And and, and you know what? We were talking to Eno after the game in the postgame radio interview. And he said just how much Hop was talking, period, up and down the sideline. I can't hear it, but I can see it. Uh, you can see, you know, Hop talking in the huddle, which Eno cited. A lot of guys mentioned that. And guess what? DeAndre Hopkins was mic'd up. Yeah. It's going to be a heck of a wired episode this week that's going to come from the Cardinals because D Hop was mic'd up. And it's going to be really interesting to hear what indeed he had to say throughout well, that game. Especially, Paulie, because he was the one standing between Connor and Cliff when they <laughs> yeah, were having their. Right. So that's going to yeah. be interesting, Paul. Hello. Yeah, his whole marriage comparison. I've never what? been married, but people tell me it can get sideways at times. You know what's amazing about that? I, I saw that as leadership as well with D Hop being the one that was right there, right? I mean, honestly. This stuff happens. You know, Paulie, I've, tell, I've talked to you about this many times in regard to yelling at my coach, right? The position coach or even a head coach going jaw to jaw with a head coach 
which was not a smart thing to do. <laughs> do you know how many times stuff happens on a sideline over yeah. my almost 20 years that's not caught by the cameras? Right. Do you know how many? I mean, it's well, like every game. It right? wasn't that long ago that I saw two defensive assistant coaches going at each other's throats and had to be separated. There's a lot of alpha males on that sideline. There's no doubt. And again, you've got to do it in a respectful way. You do. You have to always be respectful. You can go at it. You can go jaw to jaw. You can come to almost blow, seriously. You got to be respectful in what you say. And here's the thing about D Hop. And Cliff actually mentioned this if you read between the lines earlier in the week leading into the Thursday night game that he's that guy, that player that no one wants to disappoint. For the Buccaneers, obviously, it's Tom Brady, right? Not so much this year, but in their Super Bowl winning year. How many guys did you hear? In fact, A.Q. Shipley told us that on the Big Red Rage, right. that everyone in that locker room, they didn't want to disappoint Tom Brady. D-Hop is that guy. He's demanding of everyone else. And because he can do it, in addition to saying it, because he's one of the best at his position, it carries that extra weight. And so, his and he re- expects a right. lot of himself, too, Paul. So his return to the offense, obviously, in terms of the production and how the D&D hop, everybody now dictates coverage. That's what it stands for and all this other stuff. But there's the standard he sets and expects everyone else to reach that is very important. It's almost like a coach in a way. So as we, as you stand right now looking at the Arizona Cardinals 3 and 4 on um, the rest of the NFC of course there are six other teams that have three wins. It's truly amazing. There are only four teams that have five or six wins in the conference. It it looks like it's still wide open for anybody that could make a run. If, in fact, that's going to happen, what do the Cardinals need to do, Paulie, as you see it, to make that run? There's several areas where they're playing winning football. For the most part, defense has been winning football. For the most part. There were some issues, obviously, on Thursday night. They're not turning the ball over. In fact, I think they lead the league with the fewest turnovers in the NFL. Look at the Saints. They have the most turnovers in the NFL. So that's that's the biggest difference you can get in winning or losing any sort of ball game. So there are certain elements to the Cardinals that is indeed winning football. I think some of these guys that are starting to play better and produce right now, there's a correlation to missing August. A Marcus Golden. There's a reason Marcus Golden looks better the last two games because he didn't really have August. He had missed the entirety. And so now the state of the offensive line. Okay, there, there's there's another concern. In, I'm, I'm concerned edge rush. about the state of the offensive line yeah. right now, well, just because concerning. of how banged up they truly are, and the guys are starting. How many guys can you actually lose? How many starters can you actually miss these games, as many man games as they have, and not pay the price at some point? Obviously, the game before when Justin Pugh went out, the production went down the drain, and it was correlated directly with him leaving. They had six first downs in those first two drives when he's in the game, and then they had six over the next seven drives when he's out of the game. Cody Ford, how did he grade out? Run and pass. We'll see. He was up and down, yeah. You know, keep in mind, he hadn't played a full contact, full exactly goal football right. game That's in why I was forever. give him a lot of grace on that ball. Rodney Hudson on the sideline, how close is he to returning? He's walking with a limp. What does that mean? Billy Price came in. It was definitely an upgrade over the game Sean Harlow had played the week before. Okay, we know how important it is to deny that interior pressure on Kyla Murray, so that's the biggest uh, concern by far to me when I watch the Cardinals offense. And then, of course, you know, if you can get Robbie Anderson to incorporate a little bit, and if you believe Hollywood Brown is going to be back in four to six weeks, okay, now what? Look at how they use DeAndre Hopkins. And you know what? Cliff sort of dismissed the question after the game. And I cited next-gen stats that said 
He was used in four different spots in offense, DeAndre Hopkins. All of last season, he was used in three different spots. Yes. So Yes. Okay. Is that a schematic change with DeAndre Hopkins? That, that's to be – you need yes. to write that down, Luke. Okay? Ask that a little bit later right here. That's a lot of Paul, writing. Okay. He read that in the media guide, too. That was <laughs> We should have Paul like, – I just cited in. next-gen oh, stats. You need well, to do like a dramatic read from the media guide. That should be a segment <laughs> on the show. I'm still <laughs> caught up on the D&D hop standing for dictates. Is that dictates how D- opponent plays? Is that exactly. what D-hop stands dictates for? Dictates coverage. Exactly. And Kyler's ability then to go through his reads and find the open guy. Yeah, sure. I know. Can you, also known as the passapartout, Paul. Can, yes, if you want to get French with it. Can you do what Marco Wilson did, that, that leap into the end zone? Because we talked about this last week. And Wolf said yeah. if he tried to jump over a car, he would just fly through somebody's windshield. That, honestly, Paul, was the best meme I have ever seen. <laughs> and, my, and you know I'm not big on memes. You know he's following. a big meme I'm fiend. not big on memes, okay? But that meme... <laughs> will live forever. Oh, There's Paul, no doubt. Andy Dalton in the background. That. Did you see that he had a, a video found on his high school days where he's done a, doing a bunch yeah, of that sort of... So, I mean, he's been there and done that before, but to watch that from the sideline, to watch that from sea level, and to see the elevation <laughs> he got, and how he flew 10 yards in the air, and he's up in the air. I'm like, now What's he going to do? And they did the front flip and stuck the landing. Can you imagine? Andy obviously missed it. Andy Dalton. I'm sure somebody said that's part of it. Yeah. His back was turned to it. And right behind him, that was happening right now. Andy probably, regrettably, misses that. Yeah. Uh, well, he probably he played a wished role he in saw it. that. So think about it. Antonio Hamilton had the pick. He had two passes defense, right? The yes. week before, he did a really good job on DK Metcalf. Now, Marco Wilson, if he's playing to a caliber, you can really trust him, and teams still continue to test Marco Wilson. And then Byron Murphy is getting to the point, at least this season, where he is that shutdown guy. Three legit corners. You have three legit corners in any day defense, and guess what? I mean, you, you talk about how you feel and how bullish you are in the rest of the season. Think of what we're talking about in August versus now in October and that position group itself. Not what I would have expected from that position group. You could have told me at the start of the season, hey, they're going to be 3-4 and because they don't have Hopkins yeah. for the first six games. Okay, yeah. You could have told me the NFC West is even going to be wide open. You couldn't have told me Geno Smith was going to be this good, and you couldn't have told me the Cardinals were going to have three legit corners because they really didn't do much to address it. And, camp or and you couldn't have told me that Tom Brady was going to be this bad. Look, bottom line, and I said it a month ago, and I'll say it again. The vibe I get from this team on the sideline in the locker room is that you know what? We're just biding our time. We're staying in the pack, and then when the final exam comes around, we're going to ace the final exam. You don't get anything for being the New York Giants right now, being six and one. No, they've they've already tried that. Right, they've done that each of the last two years. How'd that work out for them? So you know what? Just stay in the pack. It's like that college class where the final grade is determined. Seventy percent of it is the final exam. Yeah. So boom, just ace the final. You're good. Can we have both, Paul? I mean, would it be okay to Wolf be just six wants and an one? undefeated? Would team. it be all right to be six <laughs> and just one? Be right seventeen now? and zero. Would it no be okay? I'd, I'd love for them to be six and one right now. Honestly, you're right. Your point is well taken, Polly. But you know what? You can do both. You can actually start strong, and you can finish strong as well, Paul. You guys were remarkably civil to each other this week. As long well, as you're healthy. Well, I mean, it is a mail-in Monday for Wolf, so you have to adjust you know, your expectations accordingly. Uh, yeah, I'm telling Friday you. was the mail-in part. You, got, you have to adjust the, those questions on the teleprompter, it's, so he pulls a Ron Burgundy. It's a no-focus Friday and a mail-in Monday. Oh, oh, okay? yeah, as I tell the kids in Little League, there's two things you can control, effort and attitude. Wolf, be better. Paul, nobody wants to hear about how bad of a coach you are. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Paulie.